This episode of the Byron Lazine podcast, I have David Childers, the president of Keeping Current Matters, or you may know it as KCM on the pod. He shares so much insight into our industry and how agents, team leaders, and brokerages should be relaying information to the consumers. His market expert and just the way he breaks it down is so valuable for all of us to take from that, to take that skill and use it in our business. I don't want to get into too much of the conversation. It is fascinating. Make sure you don't miss it and make sure you don't miss the link below to Sisu. Sisu, all the teams that are on Sisu, their volume goes up over 100% and individual agents on Sisu, their volume goes up over 25%. It's where transactions happen online. If you want to actually automate your business, not feel stressed out about having everything input into one place where because it's in a million different logins, you got to get in to Sisu. Check out the app. Check out the link below to start on Sisu today. Can't wait to hear your feedback on this podcast with the president of KCM, David, David Childers. Hope you enjoy. Sitting here with David Childers, the president of Keeping Current Matters, KCM, as you probably know it. David, really appreciate your time. You just crushed a keynote. <laughs> we just at, got done here, yeah, at, at Boomtown. Yeah. So, Byron, it's good to be with you and big fans of all that you're doing and BAM's doing, and so so yeah. grateful for it. Yeah, you're probably seeing David, if you haven't already, on the walkthrough on the BAM podcast. So, really excited about all of that stuff. I want to just get into, because I haven't actually seen a lot of it, always seeing you adding value to the real estate community. Mm-hmm. And you do a great job of doing that, but I haven't actually ever seen a podcast where you talk about your background and how you got into this position. Why don't we start there? Yeah. So I've been in the business for a little over 20 years. Um, I started out in college. I'll tell you a quick story. Working for John Maxwell, who's a leadership author. Yeah. Who then entered, big graduated name. big time, yeah. yeah. Graduated from from college and went to work in the mortgage business. Okay, working for sort of the the lead trainer in the mortgage business and and uh, learned the business that way. So I've always been in uh, tools and resources that are helping loan officers, title agents, agent, you know, real estate agents grow their businesses, be the expert. And that's really been my background. I spent a little bit of time uh, in the business working for Bank of America, spent some time uh, working in real estate, uh, in in finance. And so, you know, for the last, uh, gosh, 14 years have been involved at KCM. So the interesting story there is I was at a conference just like we're at now. And uh, a friend of mine said, you've got to meet this guy who just sold his real estate company. His name was Steve Harney, who many people know who founded uh, Keeping Current Matters. At that time, it just sold the largest real estate company in Nassau and Suffolk County there in New York City and Long Island. And uh, said, I just want to help agents. And if you remember back in 2008, there were a lot of questions that people didn't have good answers for. That's right. You know, we got to a point where everybody was like, I think we're all going to die. And that was really where, where, where the housing crisis ended up for us in the business. And at Keeping Current Matters, we started giving agents answers to the questions that consumers had. Yeah. Should I sell? Should I buy? What's going to happen? Should we do a short sale? Should we do, you know, so, so what so is a short sale? Totally. totally. At and time. at that time, nobody wanted to do That's a right. short sale. Yeah. And so for the last 14 years, um, what we've said is we want every family to feel confident when buying and selling a home. 
And that's what drives us. So you were there from the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. From the first four years as a consultant, just saying, how do we get this tool in the hands of agents? And that was Steve going out speaking. Um, You know, I'll never forget the day that he called me and he said, everywhere I go, people just want to buy the slides. And so we're going to sell them the slides. Everybody wants the slides. Sounds good. Let's slides sell them the slides. I mean, they're all over Instagram. Absolutely, yeah. The, the explosion yeah. of the KCM growth, it seems to me, it's interesting that you, you guys have been going at it for 14 years. Yeah. The, the growth explosion of the brand over the last two years in particular yeah. Yeah. Ha, has seemed like exponential. Yeah, it, it's been uh, uh, unbelievable. So throughout the last 14 years, um, Steve's son, Bill Harney, is the CEO. Yeah. Now, Bill has absolutely grown and been the mastermind behind the growth of KCM. But but there was a critical uh, point. If you remember that, March 13th was the Friday where they said, hey, we're going to go home for a couple of weeks and we're going to come back and we're going to be through this. And now we're recording this. We're a couple of years later. Yeah. And I don't think we all could have you know, made it through if they said, Hey, this is going to be through two years. And you know, Absolutely. good. We didn't know that, but Bill made a decision that we're going to do everything in our power to help KCM members and help our industry. Yeah. And that's when we started, you know, recording uh, every week with Tom, we yes. started, you know, delivering the message to say, this is what's happening. This is what is going on. You know, I, I oftentimes think of that, that, there was a lot of uncertainty, and, and I would say this for any agent listen, listening, even now, in times of uncertainty, people follow the certain. Yeah. And and having that message, and that's what we really, the driving mission, I said, we want to we have, uh, you know, every family feel confident buying and selling a home, but really what we do is we have the agents back. Right. In knowing what is happening in the market. And the agents are able to deliver that confidence, or just the real data, to every single family, so that they know how to, you know, how to digest it. In, during those two years, what was interesting was we went into a recession, obviously, mm-hmm. in, in 2020. Yeah. And you guys had so much, KCM had so much data on mm-hmm. what it looks like to the real estate market yeah. when you're in a recession. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, the, the numbers were actually shocking to me yeah. to look at it and say, yeah. wow, a recession doesn't mean, you know, a catastrophe for right. real estate, residential real estate. Right. Right? And so we may be coming into one... There's a lot of chatter Certainly. that we're coming into one. There's big banks saying 2023. Sure. We're looking at maybe another recession looming, whether it's going to be another short one or whatever. Sure. This data is important. Sure. So let's let's talk about where we're at and why that is so important. What's happening? Inflation's running rampant. Let's say that. Yep. That's not going away tomorrow. Sure. The Fed is saying we're going to do whatever possible. Uh, you know, to control inflation, which means raising the Fed funds rate and the tools they have at their disposal, which is with the mortgage interest rate, right? Which is that that translates into into forecasting that uh, doesn't control it, but they can influence it. And so they're going to their attempt is to slow the economy down. All right. If you don't do that perfectly, you end up in a recession. So is there is there a likelihood? Is there a chance? Certainly. Uh, in the future. And there are a lot of smart people saying, hey, that's 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 something that could be on the horizon. So what we did at Keeping Current Matters is we went all the way back to the 80s and said, what happens to home prices during a recession? Yeah. Because people, the, the sort of, you, you know, back of the napkin math is that every time we have a recession, homes drop in value. Yeah. And what we found- That's the like gut instinct. Totally. Yeah. And, and what we found is that in the last six recessions in this country, four of the six, 
homes actually appreciated. Yeah, that was the amazing stat. Two of the six, one was 08. Yes, we know what happened. 20%. Yeah. I'm going to call that an anomaly for right yeah. now, and we'll come back to that. Yeah. The other time, homes less, dropped less than 2%. Yes. Which I would say is negligible. So it's it really recession. flat. 2% is not, not a big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Slight drop. Yeah. And then we have this one outlier that, oh, by the way, everybody remembers. Yeah. But four out of six times, homes actually grew in price appreciation. And the outlier recession was caused by... Housing. The housing crisis, was the, right? Was, now, we were at the epicenter of that that downturn. Really, the only recession that you can say that about. Sure, right. That housing was the catalyst for it. Yeah. We can go into all the reasons we know of, you know, the 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 loan scenario and the mortgage meltdown and all the things that happened. But the conventional wisdom was, hey, in a recession, homes lose value, and it's just not true. Now, here's where this leads to, Byron, which I think is critically important. And here's what I say. For agents, you need to have a relevant market opinion based upon fact. Yeah. There are a lot of opinions in our business, very few based upon fact. Sorry. You don't have to agree with it, but you do have to look at, here's what happened. Yeah. You know, and, and I think we are heading uh, towards what a lot of experts say. Hey, we could be in the future and the next couple of years entering into a recessionary market. That does not mean housing crisis. That's we need right. to understand that. We need to get that in the in the heads, in the minds of folks that are buying and selling. Well, too. I'm certain if we go into a recession, if we if we have one quarter where it's like, uh oh, next quarter we might go into, you know, recession, that information is going to be populating again from from KCM. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it's it's sort of a you know uh, for the agent, yeah. not just for KCM. It's sort of a play that you run. Yeah. Right. And that's not run plays that work as TF says. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. 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 And let's say hypothetically, I'm not calling for that. I'm not saying that. Let's say we go into a recession next year. Yeah. That will not be the last recession in this country. So how are you prepared for it? Right. So we have, we're in buyer's market. We're in a seller's market. You know, the great news about our business is we're already, there's always a double ended market. It's either a great time to buy or it's a great time to sell. That's the great, the the great news about our business. Even us just talking about a potential recession Uh or these big banks, this is all speculation. Like this could happen if this, there's a potential for this. Yeah. Something I've been speculating on just starting to think about, I want to run by you here in in real time. We haven't talked about this Mm -hmm. is that these rising mortgage interest rates, which probably will live somewhere in the fives, you know, as we sure. continue through this year, okay. if they get to six, that could mean a whole nother, you know, ball game sure. f- for how many buyers can stay in the market. But here's where wh- where I've been going with it is if we go to say high fives or 6% okay. for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. we already have this huge inventory issue Sure. and how many sellers then are going to say, you know what, because the majority of homeowners are locked in under 4% because of all of the refis we've seen over the sure. last couple of years and people obviously purchasing over the last couple of years at these historic low rates. Mm-hmm. Would we have what I've been coining a cold war in residential real estate where you just have a freeze out where even more people now aren't listing their homes and because of the rates being higher, you have a, you know a little bit less demand, obviously one out of four purchases right now sure. are investors and there's a lot of sure. you know almost 50% cash and all this kind of stuff but would we have maybe a frozen period where i don't think prices drop but the amount of sales continue volume. to drop volume yeah i mean i can tell you what happens historically in these environments um 
I, I will say this. So let's let's talk about the first 90 days in interest rates in this country. We went from about 3.1% to let's call it five, and, and that's a moving target. Yeah. What essentially has happened is the Fed is foreshadowed to what they're going to do this year. We're going to raise rates, right? Yes. And they're going to raise them until they can slow the economy down and control inflation. That's really what's happening. Sure. The market has sort of priced that in. Okay, so we're, we, we've seen more. When we say the market, we're talking about the mortgage market yes has priced in that what's coming what the market doesn't want is a surprise yeah right so they've sort of priced that in and and i think what you can expect is rates to rise but not at the pace of the first 90 days right we saw the war in ukraine we saw the fed come out and say this we see inflation we see all these things happen and there's this reaction and we jump a couple of points really yeah. uh, in interest rates so i think you're going to see rates rise but I don't think you're going to see at the pace that we saw. I think we would be, you know, and I'm not here with a crystal ball to say where are we're we going to be. We're in total speculation time? mode. On Absolutely. That. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to see rates rise as quickly as what you've seen in the last 90 days, but continue to rise. Second point, what happens, and I can get you these graphics and folks, yeah. you know, listening can get the graphics. What happens in rising interest rates environments yes. for home values and volume sold? Two things I'll tell you. First, on values, you go all the way back to the 90s. Every time we've been in a rising interest rate environment of more than 1%, homes gain value on average 8%. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it takes people that are on the fence and they go one of two ways. They go, I'm not doing it, or they go, I'm absolutely doing it. Yeah. Right? They, they go, hey, creates I'm, urgency. I'm getting in before they go any higher. And okay. we know that's happening right now. Yes. What does it do to? We're certainly seeing values go up right now. What, what do we? What do we see volume doing? Typically, again, going back to the '90s, um, there was one time in the early '90s where rates got up to about nine and a half percent, where okay. we saw about eleven percent drop in volume, number of homes sold. That's sort of an outlier. Nobody's calling for that right now. I don't think we're going to see nine or ten percent interest rates this year. Okay, let me be clear on that. Um, the Agree with other that. time. The other time that volume dropped was during the housing crisis. Mm -hmm. It was about I, I think eight or nine percent. I don't have it all committed to memory, but significant drop. Call it ten percent. Every other time was negligible, one or two percent. Now, in the first three months, we've seen almost a ten percent volume drop. Well, I would say that's that that's not based on volume drop. That's based on lack of inventory. It's based on last year too, so it's, sure. it's kind of a skewed yeah. skewed number. There. Anything you compare to twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one is they're anomaly years in, in real estate. Yeah. It's very very hard. We're well ahead, I can tell you, in demand right now, measured by showing time, than where we were in twenty twenty one, and certainly prior to the pandemic. Yeah, and that that volume drop is still going to be a huge number this year with with really scarce inventory. Because and here's the word that I use for that, Byron, is we will not reach market potential this year because we do not have the inventory to do it. If we had the homes to sell, we would sell those homes, no doubt. I, Ivy Zellman, who you know yeah. very mm -hmm. well, huge respect for Ivy. Oh, she's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She said, I think it was quarter four. She came out with. Uh, talking about this one and a half million homes, the new construction homes that will hit the market in 2023. We're not going to see them this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her original thought was that this was going to create too much inventory yeah. localized right? and in certain price points. I've only seen you know a, her touch on that a little bit since then. I believe that was November, December mm -hmm. of 21. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like she's, 
backed off of that. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we have a tremendous amount of respect for Ivy. Let me say that. I do that. too. I um, love everything she's I, I, We use uh, Zellman. We use the Z Report in, in of a course. lot of what we do at Keeping Current Matters. Uh, big fans of hers. Let me, let me break down what she said. Yeah. Because I think there is some uh, merit to understanding it. And there's there's some there's some truth to it. And this is where, again, I'm going to go back to what I said. And what is your relevant market opinion based upon the facts? And I'll tell you what the facts are. But go yeah. ahead. No, and I agree with... What she said, and I don't think enough people listened closely, localized certain price points, but I'll let you yeah. jump in. So here's, here's the issue. Let me break down the issue. Last 14 years in this country, we have been below the 50-year average in the number of builds coming yeah. to market. Why is that? Back in 2008, builders were at the epicenter of the housing crisis. Uh, you, you know, they built more homes, had more lots, you, you know, that's, I was at Bank of America at that time working in the distressed asset, you know, area <laughs> to be a, B of a. To, to be a, to be an REO agent. You know, we were yeah. signing up REO agents like, you know, it yeah. was, it was uh, no tomorrow. And so back then, if you were a builder and you had to feed your family, you had to get out of the business. Let's be honest. Like, you know, there are four years in this country in 04, 05, 06, and 07 where there were more than a million and a half homes built. Never happened before and hasn't happened since. Correct. Okay, so a ton of homes, oversupply. We know how that played out. You're a builder, bad news. You're starting another business, yeah. right? Few builders remained and our hearts go out to all those. Okay, fast forward. We're not building the number of homes that we need. Pandemic comes along. People are like, we're in two and three quarter, 30 year fixed interest rate, we're buying, oh, by the way, I want out of this condo, I want out of this apartment, I'm making a different decision. Home takes on a new meaning for all of us and we have the surge of demand. We don't have the supply to meet that demand. Okay, that's the reality. And oh, by the way, building is a trade. You don't become a builder tomorrow. Yeah. Right, so you, you have to to grow in that trade. And listen, builders are building. We will yeah. build more homes this year than we have in a long time. We'll bust Thankfully. through that through that fifty year average this year. And to Ivy's point, we'll build even more. That's the reality of of the market. If you're you know if you follow KCM, we've got some great graphics that show that. Literally, there were more homes built in the seventies and eighties in this country than the last ten years. Yeah. All right, let's flip the the the. The story to the demand side. A couple of things that are very important and I find extremely interesting. First, largest generation since the baby boomers are millennials. Yes. The peak home buying age for millennials peaked in 2020. First time home buyers. And millennials are 26 year, years old to 41, just in case you're like, what's what's the millennial yeah, yeah. age group? The peak home first time home buyer age for the millennials peaked in 2020 and is, is, is tailing down. Now I'm not saying a dramatic drop sure. off, but that number is peaked. Okay. Let's be honest about millennials. What's the second thing that we know? The rate of population growth in this country is not what it has been. Correct. We are on a downward slide in population growth. So let's deconstruct Ivy's point because there's a lot of merit to it. Buildings going like this and population growth is going down. Right. That's the, that's the, essence of what she's saying and she's right yeah now my my counter to that would be we're not going to be there tomorrow right could we be there in the future certainly if we keep at the throttle pace of building in the next three four five however many years and the rate of population growth continues to decline 
certainly that's the case. I, I, I think that is a scenario in the future that is yet to be determined. Although Gen Z, not as big as the millennial group, mm-hmm. is sizable. Yeah. And, and they're going to come in to some yeah. buying years for sure. And, 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 but my point is, let's understand what her point yeah. is. And there are valid points in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I still think there could be a problem brewing in certain areas. Like, I don't really see it in South Florida. That mm-hmm. would be one that you might think historically. Maybe Texas, where they're building homes that are at a certain price point that are above the median, where they're building a bunch of these above median priced homes. And we, there's a clear issue in in affordable housing. Sure. No doubt. doubt. You can't shy away from that. Right. Um, Home ownership is still less expensive than renting, Mm -hmm. but as rents continue to explode and those, if we're building too many homes above the median price point where people can actually afford them to get out of their rent, that, that, that creates an issue. And and I think that's where, so let's, let's talk about it. KCM, we talk a lot about affordability, which is the, what the dollar will buy. Yeah. And then there's affordable housing, two different things. Way different. Um, when I say median, that would be above what people would consider sure the average price home in this country right now is about three hundred sixty thousand. Yeah, exactly that's, that's an average home yeah and what do we know we don't have it there's not a market you can go into right now where agents are like we have a ton of those right there's not there's none and what has happened in covid is the higher end price points have grown yeah right that's where you've seen a ton of appreciation and we need more homes on the lower end so what does what does that mean you're going to see builders building more condos more attached units you're going to see more high density absolutely and that's going to be um what the the solution to that is i think in the future now the question is does that outpace demand and all that well because they can't build single family homes in certain markets at the median price point and, and I think what you're going to see is feast and famine. You're going to see some markets are able to do that. And people, let's be honest, right now in this country are gravitating to lower cost markets. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is happening too. Absolutely. You know, you're in, a, you're in a city or a town where you're like, I can sell my home for what? And I can go over here and buy a home for that? Yeah, you're going to make that decision. That just That's common sense, provided you can with your job and all those kinds of things. But that is definitely happening. Um, and there's still opportunities in a lot of these markets. I was just talking to Doug Edrington, who you yeah, know. Yeah. The, uh, the other day, yesterday, and three hundred thousand in Chattanooga, Tennessee, three hundred thousand dollar median price point. Well, that's sixty thousand less than what the yeah. median is right. across the country, right. right? And so that means there's opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have people listening. I'm sure in Southern California, they're like, "What? Yeah, you know what I well, mean?" Well, that's what he brought up. He's like, "California, sure, California's yeah, yeah. coming in." Everybody, by the way, says that if they're yeah. in a market like Tennessee or Texas or you know Florida or some of these places, Arizona sure. certainly as well. One point six million agents highest yeah, yeah. of all time yeah. right the stuff that we're talking about here on this pod all 1.6 million should be armed with this information yeah. so that they they can deliver it to consumers i'm excited about all of the new agents coming in because i think there is an opportunity to level up this industry it's what you guys do yeah. every single day yeah how many of these 1.6 million will survive is it just going to follow the oh, normal wow. trend well, you know, I think the, the bigger issue right now is, you know, they're about, you know, depending on the month, three or 400,000 active listings, yeah. you know, out there for 1.6 million agents. Now we know, and there's certainly statistics out there about who's doing the business. Yep. Um, but, but no doubt, a lot of people in the last couple of years uh, have gotten into the business. You know, um, the, the, the frenzy in the business will not last. 
Um, and, and there will be people that will say, you know what, I'm going to go do something else. It, to put a number on that, I'd be speculating yeah. completely. Well, do you think it follows the 87% that typically fail by year four? That's the, the, the I, Probably so. Number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's there, there's a lot of agents that, that, you know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. And, you know, when well, it's not going to be that way, you're going to figure something out. What could the industry, NAR, brokerages, teams, whoever, what, what could the industry do to take that number which has been sitting at an 87 plus percent failure rate in real estate mm-hmm. and reduce it to, I don't know, 75%. That would be a, you know, a big improvement right there, but you just have never seen it come off of that one number. Yeah. What could the industry do as a whole to drop the number? Yeah. I think there's, I think there are a couple of things that are interesting about our business right now. You have the number of people that are in there. You have the number of transactions, which we've seen, you know, again, yeah. I go back to market potential. We won't meet that because we don't have the number of homes for sale. But, and also let me add another component into that. You have uh, portals and iBuyers that are vying for that dollar. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that business, what they're really good, they, they want the transaction, but what they really want are the settlement services around yeah, the transaction. All the products. And, and they're willing to, to go after that business and use unique strategies, meaning they don't have to make everything up on yeah. the home to get the settlement service in, in, uh, in that transaction. What does that mean? That means it it is a sort of the, the term that's coined a lot is the flight to quality. It means we as agents have to be more professional and more educated. So so what does that mean for people in the failure rate, like what you're talking about? It means that if you're not equipped with what's happening in the market and you're not the local expert, you're going to struggle there. You're going to fail. Yeah. You know, we t- we talk about the, the, the macro U.S. market, but absolutely you have to bring in, are you building in your market? Are, you know, are you seeing demand grow or demand lessening in your market? So I think one thing is being the market educator. The other piece is just education. And I think, you know, I think our business does a fair job in education, but that true educated agent, you know, the one thing that I love about all the stuff that I get to do with Tom is he believes this, the educated agent wins in today's market. And I think we're going to see a market where that's going to become more and more true. So how do we solve that? We have to have an industry that's committed to growing and learning uh, beyond what we've done in the past. And Tom practices it himself. Absolutely. And that's why people ask me a lot about that, like our relationship. And I'm like, we provide education. We provide what we believe every agent needs to know. And Tom's like, yes, they they, they must know that. Absolutely. Agents should be educating themselves every single day. There's, you know, like KCM is what Tom's doing. There's a lot of opportunities to get that education. Should every single agent have to have bought or sold a house? Should every agent need to have the experience of being a buyer and a seller in your opinion? Gosh, I, I don't know how you could without that experience. Yeah. Right. Cause you know what you want and you know what you don't want. Yeah. That's the important thing yeah. right there. Now, to, to say they would have to have, I'm sure there are successful agents that have gotten off in the business and, and haven't had that. Yeah. But I think no doubt for any of us in the business, the quest to, 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 to change the way people are buying homes and to be the agent of value, to be the knowledge broker, most times comes out of those transactions that we've seen or we've experienced that that was not the case. So I think it's hard if you don't have that. It's a different, you know, thing to represent somebody and then actually go through that experience yourself. But you totally. do hear a lot of agents where that haven't bought that that have mm-hmm. you know maybe been 
a renter. What do you think? Where they're like, oh, I think absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You have got to go through that experience. Um, and if you come into the industry as a renter and you're an agent, you should be on a two-year plan of how do I help serve 60 clients so that I've got the money built up so that I can go out and become a first-time home buyer myself. Yeah. I think you absolutely have to go through that experience. If not before, within the first 24 months, it should be your mission. I always say double-digit sales, double-digit reviews. The next step to that is buy a house for yourself, yeah. right? That's invaluable experience. Yeah. I, I went through the mortgage crisis years. Yeah, yeah. So 19 years old, 20 years old, 21 years old, mm -hmm. bought a house each year. Yeah with these terrible loans, lost everything by my mid twenties. Yeah. So when I got into real estate sales, I used to say, Hey, I went bankrupt in real estate so that you don't have to, I'm here to help. Sure. Like that was, that was my, sure. my unique pitch yeah, yeah. to buyers, sellers and investors. Right. Yeah. And it was like, Whoa, don't, don't say that Byron. You know, people like agents were like, you should, you no. What happened when I got in, in the bottom of the, the market, when all the other agents were go, getting out and I was using that as my unique advantage, my elevator pitch to help people in their real estate transaction, the trust was automatic. Like it was built in because I was coming with so much transparency yeah. to the situation. Right. And people really resonated with that as right. opposed to, this is the one thing that drives me nuts when people get into the business. They'll get into the business and they'll say, well, I just love homes. Yeah, yeah right. I don't know right. if you hear that from right. new agents. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. love homes. Yeah, I just yeah, love, yeah. you know, yeah. design and all, all. And that's fine, but you will sound like the majority of agents. Sure. You're not separating yourself with something that is going to resonate deeply mm -hmm. with a buyer, seller, an investor. Yeah. They've got to really be able to understand what your value is to mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And just loving homes, Damn. that doesn't resonate with with sure. many consumers, they need a house because sure. they need some shelter. Right. And so they, they got to know that they trust you as the advisor to get them into the right situation. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's no doubt the world that we live in is that agents that are doing that, that are the advisor winning. There are a lot of people out there like, I just I want a flexible schedule. I want whatever the, yeah. you know, the deal is. And we know what the, the fallacy of that is too. Oh yeah. But I, I want to go back to something. Um, I, I, I would, you talked about, you know, the challenge of the housing crisis and how yeah. that kind of birthed, um, you know, your mission. Yeah. And, and, and one thing's really clear looking back on that. And I, I went through that in the business too. And, really, really tough. Don't ever want to go back there. All those things. But the interesting thing now looking back 14 years ago is it birthed so many good things mm -hmm. in our business. Yeah. And and I don't know about you, but in my life, I've never learned anything when the window was at my back. Well, right. I learned everything when we're like, oh gosh, we got to sort of figure this out and I don't ever want to do that again. And, and I think there are some very real signs in real estate today that positive things it's happen. It's very hard to get a loan right now. To all of the, and I can go qualify. through just a litany of things yeah. in that. Because the reason I bring that up, the biggest question that I get, and I think agents are struggling with right now, um, is are we about to have a housing crisis? Yeah. Is that about to happen again? And there's a lot of evidence out there that people go, you know, outside of the truth, that people are like, I'm very scared about that. Well, if you look at any TikTok comment or Instagram comment, when somebody puts out information around this current market, some of the clips that mm -hmm. we put out from this podcast right here, where mm -hmm. you're talking about the data, there are gonna be comments on 
just your average consumer that doesn't study it like you do. Sure. That is saying 2007, 2008, all over again, 2007 times 10. Sure. There's a huge bubble. I'm waiting for this to burst. That's when I'm going to jump in. There's a lot of negativity saying this market is going to crash and I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. Now, some of these people have been saying this for 10 years and it hasn't happened. Right. But yeah. that's the comment section on social. Totally. And you know what? It, what's the old and, saying? They've predicted eight out of the last 12 crashes or yeah. whatever it is. You know, I, I think the 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 reality is um, people are always going to do that. Yeah. L- let's talk real world. But right. other consumers read those comments. Yeah. And I, I, I understand. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is put something out there that you're not equipped to answer. And yeah. I understand that. But let me give you just a case in point right now. Dallas Fed... Came out last week. Saw that. And said, what's the word that was in the title? Bubble. Bubble. Such a great clickbait title. Let me me just tell you, I don't know how many people listening to this saw that headline. Probably a lot. Yeah. If if you're in real estate right now and you didn't see that headline, then we need to talk about something else. Didn't consume (laughs) the information, maybe. (laughs) Didn't read the report. No consumers read the report. Yeah. We did, I've been through it. Let me tell you what we agree with. Yeah. The entire thing. Yeah. Except for the title. Yeah. Yes. That's the reality. And you know what they said? Prices can't continue going up like this. I agree with that. Yeah. And it's getting harder for people to buy a home. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's the title? Are we on the verge of another bubble? Right. So the, the, the problem, and I, and I think we could talk all day on this, Byron. This, it's a bigger problem in the world yeah. of a title or clickbait that, does not lead to what you thought it was and what a consumers do. All they do is they read the title and they make their formed opinion about what they think. And then you're off to the races. You don't even get the chance to, to have that conversation. Well, here's the other thing. Those titles, those headlines have conditioned people mm-hmm. to now when they're even listening to a piece of content or they're watching a clip on Instagram to pick out one word and focus on it. And they didn't even like, they totally blanked out on the last like 15 seconds of the clip Sure. where the one word housing crash, boom, they've just now ignored the rest of the 30 seconds. And they're like, there's a housing crash Yeah. As, because they're conditioned because of the, the headlines in media to focus on the danger word and not listen to the rest of the story. Yeah. Sometimes. And that's, and that's what, that's not just real estate. Let's be honest. That's yeah, yeah, this the goes world into everything. Now, let me give you a couple of facts about today's market. First of all, 2008, the reason the market imploded was because of essentially adjustable rate mortgages. And there were some other products in there, but let's call those adjustable rates. Homes lost value you're underwater. You literally owe more than what the home is worth and you walk away. That was 2008. And the adjustable rate was given to anybody. Absolutely. You didn't have to qualify. You think about the loan products, 80, 10, 10, essentially hundred percent financing. Yeah. We lost 20% value on the, average in homes. That's a, that's you borrow a hundred thousand dollars. Now that house is worth 80. You're in trouble. Two of the loans that I got, mm-hmm. I said, I bought three houses yeah, yeah. ages 19, 20, 21. Two of the loans I wouldn't qualify for today, the second two, had I, you know, with that income that I had, that situation, those prices, I wouldn't qualify today. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. that's changed. I, I I hear you in that. Well, 
back then you didn't have to qualify. Yeah. Let's be honest. You know, I mean, it was like, how much do you make? Let us know. And we're qualification good. has changed so totally. much. There was, there were a couple of terms uh, coined back then. The first term was irrational exuberance, which was, okay, I don't care what I pay for the house because by five o'clock, it's going to be worth $50,000 more. That was me. Doesn't matter. Right. And, and let me just, let me be honest. Let's talk about this in our business. Is there some exuberance in the market today? There is. Let me just, if you're wondering, there is not like that, but there are people buying homes going, we just want to get in it. There's a frenzy in the market. That's what I'm going to call it. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what's different today. First of all, you can't, there are a couple of scenarios you can obtain 100% financing, but they aren't out there. Maybe a VA loan, you can get 3.5 down on FHA, all those things. But by and large, people are putting real money down on homes today. Yes. Okay. First American came out last week and said the average LTV loan to value in this country is higher than it's ever been before. The average equity in a home is over $300,000, $307,000 as recorded by First American. Yeah, it's huge. That was not the case. So if you were going to, let me just tell you, if you were going to make a case for a bubble, you'd have to say, okay, here's the scenario where the average home loses $300,000. Yeah. I don't see it, but bring it to me if if you believe that. A lot of these buyers, to your point, bigger down payments right now, they're saying, hey, I may be buying at the top ish. Yeah. And I'm comfortable with that where back then it was, I'm buying because this thing is just going to keep going up totally. and I'm riding the wave. And that's where I was at. It's I a, was so uneducated. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle and a, a this is important to us yes. decision. Oh, by the way, if you're going above ask, you've got to come out of pocket on that. You can't yeah. finance that. So that's very different. Here's a shocking number from Freddie Mac in 2005, Two out of five mortgages in this country were adjustable rate mortgages. Wow. Two out of five. You go to 2021, less than one out of a hundred yeah. were adjustable rate mortgages. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be sitting in a in an arm right now. There's there's and oh and by you, the way, it's hard to people do that. were you like can't even get it. Yeah. Coming out of 2008, they're like, that was a bad word. Why, yeah. why, why would you ever want an arm? Look at yeah. what happened. Now I Listen, I don't think arms are bad loans. I don't believe there are bad loans. They're misused loans right. all day long. But arms aren't bad loans. I do think we'll see a resurgence of arms as rate as rates rise. People will say, you know what, there may be a way that we want to finance this home. And if that's if you're getting the advice on that and that's the right decision for you, then you should, you know, yeah. go down that road. Especially if there if there's belief that they'll come down, which I think there is belief long-term that rates do kind of come back down under four at some point in the future. Certainly history, history suggests that once rates rise a year later, they're lower. Yeah. That's the truth. Oh, by the way, you mentioned before the R word recession. If that were to happen, guess what happens? What's the biggest lever uh, the fed can influence it's housing. What pulls America out of every, uh, in economic crisis is housing. The The U.S. economy will never return out of a recession unless it's led by housing. What can, besides the Fed, what can the government do to help the inventory issue? Gosh, I, and I think this is, I think you're going to start to see 
um, that be sort of a burning building in Washington that people will run to, meaning that's what's that's the biggest issue. Midterms coming up, that could be a campaign. I think pitch. it's I think it's going to be an issue. I think I think affordable housing, uh, housing, you know, that that, that first time home buyers, folks in the lower end can can buy is going to be a big issue. I think they're going to solve that with a lot of high density legislation. There's folks that have opinions on that and and what that means. Um, Dave, I think Dave there Chappelle are things. Had a- had a big opinion on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're yeah locally in his in yeah, his in town his, in his market, um, and 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 we all have different opinions on that certainly. But I think it's going to have to be addressed in some of those ways, in in ways where it is uh, more affordable to you know to go out and build. Now, what has typically happened is we've talked about how do we help more people buy homes in this country. And listen, we're in this business. I want to see everybody that can afford and wants to buy a home. I want to see them buy a home. But we don't have a demand problem. No. We have a supply problem. And and, and the solutions, I think you are going to see it start to be a hot button for legislation and for and for midterms and things like that. Because it's it's not sustainable. You know, people are like, how are we going to go out and buy a home? So if you're an agent and you made it this far, one big takeaway is the way David answers, I think, almost every single question. Typically, what we've seen. And I think that's the biggest takeaway any agent team broker can use in the way they talk to consumers, but also the way they put out their marketing. Right? Sure. And, and the yeah. message that they send out with clarity into whatever their local market is. Typically, here's what we've seen. Yeah. Here's yeah. the data. Here's what's happened in the past because that's likely to predict yeah. the future. So I'll that's use a the couple, big takeaway. I want, I want to give you a couple of things on that because it's yeah. interesting you draw that Yeah, let's that wrap out. up with your couple of points let's, there. let's talk about that for a second because there are a couple of lines that I'll use. Typically, here's what's happened. Here's what I'm alluding to. I'm foreshadowing to. Here's what's happened in the past. Well, let's kind of wrap this up where we started. Do you have a relevant market opinion based upon fact? Yeah. Here's what you can't do. You can't just go out and say, hey, here's what I think is going to happen without saying what happened in the past. You could say, here's what's happened in the past, and here's what I believe to happen yeah. in the future. Because if you don't do the first thing, you're guessing. Yes. The other thing that's, that is, if you want to disarm a conversation or a couple of things, I'll give you a couple ways to do that. First, somebody comes at you and thinks, you, you know, you get back to TikTok and Instagram comments, or let's say you're having that conversation with somebody. Yeah. Here will be my response to you. Let's say you said, hey, David, I think we're about to fall off a cliff in housing and we're all going to die and whatever. Byron, you seem passionate about that. Tell me why. Mm. And then just listen. Yeah. Yeah. And where are you getting that information? That's going to be the answer. That's what 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 I would draw. But but here's the reality. There are a lot of people that feel that way because they, a family member, somebody they loved, went through a really tough time back in, in 08. Yeah. And we need to respect that. We need to understand. We always learn to fight the last war. Mm. We always learn, hey, this happened, and now this is going to happen again, right? The, I was walking down the street the other day, and the dog bit me. So what's going to happen next time I walk down the street? The dog's going to be there. That's it's right. going to bite me. Here's the other line that I would use in that. So first of all, you seem passionate about that. Why do you feel that way? Here's the second one you can use as an agent. Here's what I know. Mm-hmm. Here's what I know about past recessions. Yes. I know that six of the past recessions, actually four times homes grew in value. Yeah. Two times they lost value. One was the housing crisis. The other time we can go through those lines. 
But if you're confident, and here's what's typically happened, here's what I know, you can always have a conversation. And you may even have a conversation where somebody says, well, you know what, I appreciate that, but I have a different opinion. Great. Let's just look at what's happened in the market. And in our job, I believe, Byron, going back to the, you know, just a great conversation to have is today you have to be the knowledge broker. Yes. You have to have that information because the amount of decisions and quick impulsive responses to a headline that are made are uh, you know what everybody's doing. Yes. But if you look a little bit deeper and say this is what's actually going on, you'll be able to help somebody. And what what here's what I always say. You don't want to use this information to convince somebody to do something they don't want to do. But if no. somebody were to not make a decision because they were misinformed, I would hate for that to happen. Yeah. Think about how many people, if they were not to make a decision in 2020 about buying a home, how disappointed they would be about Think about the, the wealth years. that yeah. you missed out on. Correct. Home ownership is the greatest channel to building wealth in this yeah. country. It is. There's, there's nothing and that's, proven. that's anywhere remotely close to it. That's right. Home ownership is the number one wealth building tool. There are people in the last year, let's be honest, that have sold their homes thinking, I'm going to wait for prices to go down. Yeah. Dave Ramsey always says the only ones that get hurt on the roller coaster are the ones that get off during the ride. That's right. And I think that truth is is alive and well in our business today. We've got to be the educator to say, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Yeah, I love it. Uh, David, you are really adding a ton of value. I mean, I... I hope you guys picked up on the, that last part of this pod because that is the big takeaway and that's how uh, agents can really help everybody out there. So appreciate you coming on. Thank you. As always, great to be and with you. Make sure you check out David on the Walkthrough podcast on the BAM channel. So Thanks for having me on. We got some more conversations with you coming. Sounds good. Sounds good.